Welcome to another episode of Good Morning Camera, the podcast dedicated to headlining topics for cameras, for photography, for content creation, for video, for all these kinds of things. Do you, do you like that dramatic pause I kind of threw in there? Do you like <laughs> that, was, that? That was a pause, if, if oh, anything. <laughs> I, we are recording on a Monday. This feels weird, Anthony. We're recording on a Monday. We're usually pre-weekend recorders, not a post-weekend recorder. But I mean, I guess every day is a post-weekend in some kind. Enough of that. We're going to talk about the new Nikon Z9 specs that have somewhat been confirmed. Peter mm -hmm. McKinnon went hands-on with the R3. Did we learn anything? But first, we're going to start with another lens announcement from Tamron. And this is, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to talk about a lens every week, but... This is kind of crazy, right, Anthony? This is yeah, kind of crazy. Exactly. Tamron is just absolutely crushing it. Uh, we have some interesting stuff to talk about. They just released the 35 to 150 f2 to 2.8. All right. Hold you, on. Hold on, sir. Hold on. Once, hold on. You I, gotta I, I, tell I, me. I, I spit out my drink here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let me just clean out my ears. Can you say that back to me? Did you just tell me that they announced an a full frame lens, 35 to 150 f2 to 2.8? 35 to 150 f2 to 2.8 lens for the Sony mirrorless full frame cameras. This is pretty wow. cool. We just had a conversation about how, you know, if you were to buy one lens, like it would be the 35. So to cut this off at 35, I think is great. To 150, that gives you a huge amount of zoom. You don't need much longer than 150 mil. Um, yeah, this is going to be a killer lens to try out and just like get our hands on. I think this actually smokes the 24 to 105 f4, like any of the kit lenses that are out there. Yeah, this is this is going to be a game changer for a lot of people, and I think a lot of people are looking for this type of zoom kind of range. One lens to do just about everything. This is going to be a phenomenal option. Yeah, I, you know, I really want to see how the size looks, what it looks like on a camera, right? But I mean, you mm -hmm. you think about it, f two is the sort of starting aperture, and I imagine when you creep up to maybe fifty, sixty, seventy, it'll probably default to two eight. Yeah. But you know, you can even tell yourself, okay, in your mind, like almost a two eight aperture throughout and on F2, a full frame. You know, That's crazy. On a full frame, right? And you know, I'm looking at this thing, 35 to 150. You know, you take this lens, and if you needed maybe a 24, just on the wide side, depending on what you do, you got a two yeah. lens solution, a prime and a zoom, and you're good to go. You're off to the races. And 100%. knowing Tamron, I mean, I imagine this is gonna be uh not inexpensive by any means but an affordable option to what sony is doing to what sigma is doing and that sort of mm -hmm. thing that this is this is crazy news so there was this one little like i guess spec in this uh in a number of the tamron lenses that really caught my eye and it's this thing called low dispersion glass so this introduces more clarity and helps reduce like the color fringing and that was a problem that i definitely noticed on some of the older tamron lenses but since they started doing the low dispersion glass kind of feature uh it, people started to compare this to some of the sony g master lenses and i remember seeing like a number of review of reviews and there was like a noticeable difference between G Master lenses and Tamron lenses before they introduced this low dispersion glass kind of technology or little feature that they threw in here. So I think this is going to be pretty hype. Uh, and they're saying this is going to be just, uh, I think it's just over a grand uh, that's in Canadian dollars, that is. So 
Um, that's going to be huge. And, not, and, 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 you know, it wasn't just that. And a smaller announcement that came along with this is that they're announcing an update to their 28 to 75 that they announced years ago <laughs> and kind of, you know, really introduced this whole Tamron shaking up the E-mount uh, sort of offerings. They, there, there's a version two of that coming out that's supposed to be better, faster mm. uh, and offer more clarity. Right. Yeah, this is. I mean, I just I don't know what you can. How how can you update that lens? Because that was such a good lens, and a lot of people uh, who we talked to at Henry's, like we had like a whole conversation with uh, a number of huge YouTuber and creators. Um, they absolutely loved the, the twenty eight to seventy five. Uh, it was a huge hit for the Sony shooters. I remember, you know, we couldn't keep those things in stock at all. It was ridiculous. Um, and uh, once they got. The that like chromatic aberration under control. Like I think this is just game over for um, a lot of the bigger, more expensive lenses. Like why, why would you not give something like this uh, a shot, you know? And it's such a good focal length to kind of be in. Really exciting stuff. Again, if you're a Sony shooter, this is great news. Just more choice, more options, unique choice, and and things that are really going to be uh, a lot of give you a lot of versatility in the field. But enough of this. Tamron talk. We got to move on. We got to talk about the Canon EOS R3. I feel like every week we've been talking about this thing, but our boy, Peter McKinney, went hands-on with this thing, and I watched it, and even though I know in the back of my mind we weren't going to learn too much new, I enjoyed myself watching this video. I enjoyed watching him react to this video and draw <laughs> from his experience being a 1DX Mark II user. I guess my question for you is, did you watch this video? Did you learn anything new or what did you take away from this video? I did. Uh, and first of all, great hat, like great hat. <laughs> That's like the first thing that is just like in the comment section is just like, whoa, where is this hat coming from? <laughs> but uh, once I actually saw this this video, um, first of all, like what really hit me is just the overall size and like the texture. I think this actually looks pretty slick. It's smaller and apparently like half the weight. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. And what's wild is they cut down all that size and all that weight, but kept that big 1DX battery that people buy that camera for. Uh, and they they, they like 1DX shooters, they're all about that battery life. They want to just shoot all day on like one battery, that kind of thing. The flip screen didn't look too ridiculous. I think it's a great uh, addition. And I also really like the hot shoe cover. Uh, it's kind of cool because I was thinking about that style photographer who just like gets in the dirt. Those like, those like festivals of like like paint in like India, that kind of thing. Those photographers get destroyed online shooting those kinds of things. So I think that's a cool addition. And uh, you know what? It, it seems like a really cool little camera compared to the original like 1DX. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, the battery, keeping the same battery, I, I didn't see it confirmed elsewhere, but this, you know, making it official, that was a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, him talking about the eye focusing. Right. Where you can look and the yeah. camera will look at your pupil and kind of focus on that point. Now, here's the thing. I, you know, part of me is hearing that as, as sort of the lay consumer and like kind of getting excited about it. But mm -hmm. the other part of me, the cynical side of me is like, well, you can't say anything too critical because you can't really talk about it too much. You can't show examples. So we don't know how good it is. So yeah. I'm caught in between this thing where I'm like, I want to be excited where I, there's a camera now where wherever my pupil is looking it's going to focus. 
Uh, but at the same time, without any real-world examples, how good is it? We just don't know. It's good, bad, we just don't know. Gadget, but- I, w- I wanted to get your, your take on the sound of the shutter because I know you and I were, were kind of a snob when it comes to the sound of the shutter. So let's just get your shutter sound I, review. I, I, you know what? You know what? <laughs> I, I can't give it to you. You know yeah. why? I got to hear it in person. You know, YouTube audio with the compression, with the microphones. Who knows what it sounds like? It could sound like a chicken. I can tell you. (laughs) I withhold my judgment until I go hands on with this thing. Fair enough. Hopefully sooner rather than later. And I'll give you you a really good, a really good review of that shutter sound. I'm looking Um, forward to it on the Henry's YouTube channel. I'm going to be watching for it. But but on this on the, on the note of sound, like you could shoot completely silently with this thing. I think that's also yeah. a big thing is that you could shoot completely silently with this thing, which is valuable in certain sports, you know, golf, uh, certain you know gymnastic events, that kind of thing, where you have to have silent shutters. You can't shoot with a loud shutter anymore. Um, for me, I, and I'll I'll toss this question to you as well. Watching this video quite simply has me more excited. Yeah, I, I feel like the announcement is anytime soon if, if he's publishing a video of this it's anytime now um I, in general i'm more excited for this what about you does this, did this video make you more or less excited for the announcement of the canon r3 100 percent. yeah i think the size and weight is actually going to be a big deal for a lot of people i think it's a slick little action sports camera the 1dx is just such a legendary kind of camera just you know, we, we talked about it before, uh, that like beat you up kind of thing. Um, it, it's just, yeah, a camera that's going to work no matter what, no matter what you per- put through it. And I love the fact that it's smaller, it's it's more refined, it's lighter. That's going to be a huge deal for a lot of people. And you got to give props to a camera company that delivers. So like, the I think Canon really knocked it out of the park with this. Uh, and I never say never, Gadgen. I could return to Canon one day, you know, and this is going to be something, (laughs) this is going to be something that I think a lot of people are going to be keeping their eye on. Listen, if you're listening to the show and you're like, these guys always seem excited about these cameras. Listen, anytime the rumors come out, we're going to get excited. Okay. We're up on the, on the rumors. It's when we actually get them in our hands and we can be more critical and tell you how we actually feel. So listen, I'm always looking forward to a new camera release. I'm always, especially when they're ushering in something new and as are you. And with that, let's move on to another camera we should be excited about or getting excited about, and that is the Nikon Z9. Okay, so after the Olympics, you know, we knew this camera was going to be there in some capacity. Like, they're going to be testing this thing. They're going to be shooting this thing, even if it's not publicly announced. And several outlets have been reporting on new features. And what's really, you know, sort of the things that they're asserting or, or, or really backing is that 45 megapixel backside illuminated sensor. And there's going to be some sort of low-resolution shooting mode that you can capture up to a, images, not video, but images up to 120 frames per second and maybe even 160 frames per second. And there's supposed to be GPS now built in. You don't have to buy that Nikon dongle on the, on the camera where you have to clip it and then give it to you. No, it's built-in GPS. So these sort of three things, hearing this kind of stuff, what, what is your reaction to this? Yeah, that's absolutely insane. I think the one big thing that caught my eye, uh, this is like a a tease that some reporter, uh, some reports kind of indicated 160 frames per second. Like, what camera is going over 120 right now? Like, 
Not, not many. And it's well, there's generally no ca- there's no camera that's going shooting capturing images at that place. I mean, they're capturing video, but they're not capturing images. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's insane. Like that's that's actually crazy. Uh, I'm curious as to what the quality is going to be like, uh, and this is one of the things that I definitely want to know. Uh, the the shutter release sound level can be adjusted from silent to loud. Um, that's that was an interesting kind of little thing that just got thrown in there, and I was just like, okay, so you can still get that like D6 machine gun kind of sound if that's what you want. (laughs) And we were just going over this, like shutter sound is actually kind of a big deal. And if you want like the camera to sound like a machine gun, good on you, more power to you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm looking at this thing and it seems like a real winner if these things are confirmed. And this is also sitting on the assumption that it's, sitting on all these advancements that Nikon has made for their Z mount and mirrorless system, right? With the improved uh, menus and features and, and, and autofocusing, all these advancements that they've made. If you put all of this on top of that, you got a real winner here. And I don't think the, the outlets have confirmed that it's a leaf shutter, but there was something about a multi-leaf blade protective shutter that's supposed to cover the sensor when you're turning it off and on and all that kind of stuff. But I'm looking at this and I'm like, all right, Nikon, great. If this is all true, you have a true flagship camera that stands out on its own two legs and offers something that is currently unavailable in the market with respect to some key features. Do you think if a camera ships like this, that, you know, that the pressure is on the other vendors in the market do you think that like nikon has gone ahead and made this sort of statement flag in the ground kind of thing and they're they're kind of okay like where do you stand with that yeah so a hundred percent they may have just sealed the deal for nikon absolutely um what a splash that they've made in the video front absolutely crushing it uh i mean going back to that z6 like that was just such a game changer for nikon i think they are in it to win it you know, like they they are in it to win it, uh, and they're coming out with like just crazy cameras, and I think they're really pushing the boundaries, and that's what I like to see. It's such an exciting time to just be a creator in general right now. There's so many good announcements, and think about like the technology just keeps getting better and better. This this whole R3 like I I autofocus technology is just gonna help creators capture images even more easily than you know it has been in the past Um, and nikon is a main competitor you know so i think it, it, it might just seal the deal for nikon for sure i love your optimism and before we get to our creator draft picks i have to say that i completely disagree with you I mean, I, I, I expect, I honestly expected a different answer from you, Anthony. I thought after 16 episodes, I had you pinned to a T. I did not expect you to be uh, in I, that camp. I like I, listen, Nikon, you know, Nikon. I, no, no, I think- hey, 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 hey. I, there's nothing personal here. Yeah. I think we both love Nikon. We, we love all the brands. But I have to say, like, even with this camera coming out, the pressure is still on Nikon. The pressure is not on mm-hmm. Sony. The pressure is not on Canon and not even on like Fujifilm to a degree. Mm-hmm. And the reason that is, I believe, is Canon, I, I, I'm sorry, Nikon, as, as great as this camera flagship is, this camera that's probably going to be around the five to six to even $7,000 price point, 
they have to have powerful offerings sub $1,500. When you can offer things, multiple SKUs, multiple products under $1,500 that give you premium features such as reliable autofocus, great image quality, um, and advanced video functionality, I think then and only then will they feel like they are sort of on the offensive, that they that the pressure sort of diverted for them. But until we see that, we just got the ZFC and even that well, yeah. on the higher rent, it's a mid-tier priced camera, right? I think if we see cameras like that, maybe not focusing on the aesthetic, but more in line of their traditional Z mount cameras, sub fifteen hundred dollars, more options. I think that's when we can kind of say, all right. Nikon's kind of on the offensive right now. It's in, and it's in the other bo- uh, person's court to respond. Mm. Very valid point. And I think that's what Canon did so well uh, back in the day is they just released like very, very easy to use products and it loops you into that Canon ecosystem. And I think that's why a lot of people haven't gone over to Nikon because it's such a foreign language uh, when compared to younger creators who are buying like the rebels and things like that yeah. uh, very valid point but uh in terms of like the pro market uh, i think nikon is absolutely crushing it uh if you're, you're still willing, sticking with it you're still you're, sticking with if it. if you're willing to go if you're willing to invest say like two thousand dollars you are gonna get a killer camera with the nikon in the nikon kind of realm right now right and okay. i think it's a it's a it's a good time to just be in the creative space for sure Look at this. You have to love a show where the hosts don't always agree with each other. Okay, <laughs> so we're, I'm excited for this. Anthony, I know you're excited for this, and we can't wait to get our hands on and see what this thing can do. But it is our time. Is it our time? It's, it's time. Our time. <laughs> it's a time. Right now, it is a time for us to talk about our creator draft picks. This is my favorite part of the show where we get to mm-hmm. talk about something that's been giving us a ton of value, something that we're excited about, and we try to keep it reasonable. But every now and then, I'll recommend a network-attached storage for us, $1,500. <laughs> but it doesn't happen. I mean, once in 15 episodes. Come on. Yeah. Um, Anthony, I'm very excited for this one, okay? Because um, I've, been, I've been saving up, okay? And I've invested in a pretty pretty sizable cinema solution but we're going to talk about that at another time i want to focus on a smaller piece of that solution and that is this contacts zeiss lens it is a vintage lens it's not my creator draft pick but i've been eyeing it for some time i love what it does for video i picked up a 28.28 and a 50 mil 1.4 and it's such a unique image that they provide and i went on ebay and picked this thing up because you can't buy them anymore this thing is older than me I wanted to adapt this for cinema shooting. And I went over to Simmod Lens, S-I-M-M-O-D Lens. And what these guys do, they're either based out of Windsor or Detroit. But what they essentially do is they sell E-mount conversions as well as focus gears and front caps to take your lens, whether it's a vintage lens, whether it's a somewhat newer lens, but predominantly vintage lenses, and make it cinema ready. So I ordered this kit, and with days, I got this little brass mount, and what it is, is you remove three screws, you put this thing on, and all of a sudden, your vintage lens will work with the Canon EF mount. And if you're in the cinema space, EF is very easy to adapt. A lot of cameras already have them built in, or you can adapt it to something else entirely. But EF mount, I can now take this lens, which was made in Japan, great glass, great characteristics, use it with modern cameras. And with the focus rings, you can throw on there 
easily manual and pull focus with that. Sim mod lens. I mean, I've been eyeing it for a while. I finally pulled the trigger. I was kind of intimidated about how difficult they may be. It was crazy easy. So whether you have some vintage lenses, maybe you have some Canon FD glass or maybe some older Nikon glass, or maybe you want to get something and you want to use it for your video, I would highly recommend Sim mod lens. Great service, really easy to set up and breathe some new life into your old glass. So yeah, that's my pick for this week. What about you, Anthony? Yeah, I think that's such such a unique kind of creator draft pick that you know, you're only going to get here. I, my friend, have something much more simpler, much more, you know, just the staples, okay? okay. okay. <laughs> I like the unique solutions, you know, we've had some unique stuff, but I'm all about the basics and I'm all about buying something once and never having to worry about it ever again. Gadget, a lot of my gear I actually bought over like six years ago. You know, cameras have changed, of course, but all the other tools, you know, if you're a pro video, pro uh, photo shooter, if you just do it right, you buy it once and you never have to do it again. And I think one of those items that I just decided to go for right out the gate, super important, is the Cameron C-Stand with a boom arm, okay? If you're a photo or video kind of creator, you know, a boom arm or a boom stand uh, and something solid, just pure metal is going to last forever. And these C-Stands just absolutely are they're tanks right uh, they're absolutely a beast uh, they're heavy they're kind of annoying to carry around but they are super reliable uh, half the time i barely even use like a uh, uh, a sandbag or anything like that because these things like in wind is just no problem if you set it set you set it up right and you're on that one larger kind of leg right having the light on that side absolutely key uh, i carry this thing around on weddings you know that's how committed i am <laughs> to the c-stand uh, and i love the butterfly light kind of look um, i'm always trying to boom that light right over somebody's head top down kind of thing and i think the cameron c-stand with a boom arm is the combo to get super simple very easy very reliable and then once you buy this once you never have to buy a light stand again Love that recommendation. There is a point in time where when you're using lights on regular stands, you'll use it, you'll be happy with it, but your life will change when you go with the C-Stand. When you go from that regular, you know, dinky tripod-esque stand for your light and you move over to a C-Stand, creativity unlocked. You can do more interesting things. Great recommendation. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Good Morning Camera. Listen, if you're not already, be sure to subscribe and follow the show, whether it's Spotify or iTunes. And if you can, leave a review on iTunes and recommend the show to your friends. We will be back, hopefully, pre-weekends in two weeks with another episode. So thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Take care, guys. <laughs>